Chuck Fresh, thank you for that fantastic introduction as always. And good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Hungry Game Show. This is a podcast testing some of the best and brightest minds from within the video game community about their favorite game. And on the sixth episode of the Hungry Game Show, our battle will be focused on a global smash that burst onto the scene at the tail end of the 1990s. A title that Nintendo feared would potentially bomb, so they spent over 50 million US dollars in marketing. What the hell? We're talking about Game Freak's handheld role-playing extravaganza, Pokemon Red, Slash, and or Pokemon Blue. And today's competitor needs little introduction. He's aware of many hats, both literally and figuratively. He's one half of a couple of NPCs, a recent second Dan black belt and fatherhood in life. Find him at aclay1788 on the Twitters. Mr. Andrew Clayton, welcome to the Hungry Game Show. Oh man, it's good to be here, and I'll tell you what, fantastic intro, Black Belt at Life. I mean, Black Belt at Fatherhood, not life, definitely, but you know, we're getting there. It's a process. <laughs> we are indeed. I, I saw in the Twitter bio, like, I think you listed as White Belt on there. I'm like, mate, we, we got to give him his due. we got to give him enough respect here, and uh, second damn Black Belt, I think that's pretty adequate. Well, a bit of trivia, I actually have my Black Belt. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, I got it when I was 19. Well, there you go. Yeah, See, we are we are already uh, getting into the trivia of the Hungry Game Show here, a little bit off off the cuff there. So, black belt at nineteen that is mm. that is impressive. Uh, well, yeah, I was I with that kind of stuff. I get pretty obsessed, so you know, I just I just go balls deep. You know, that's how I roll. Mm-hmm. I so, guess that's so why I'm we five now too. <laughs> if we were um, if we were out and about and and sort of a, a fight ensued at the pub. So I'd be smart to probably stand behind you if if Ruckus was coming my way and sort of let you handle it. I'm I'm in a good position thinking that. Well, if you stand behind me, um, I'm a pretty I'm pretty good at getting punched in the face. So okay. I mean, you'll at least have a human shield. That's which true. Is always yeah, it's always a positive. Yeah. And I can catch you. Yeah. Well, that's it. You've yeah, already okay. caught my heart. You know. Oh God, we've only just started. And you're already making me blush. What's <laughs> what's happening? This this is going to be a fun episode. But uh, yeah, for those that don't know. Obviously, the Hungry Game Show. We uh, have a have a new game specific to the singular episode every fortnight here on the Hungry Gamers RSS feed. And as mentioned, we're tackling Pokemon Red and Pokemon Blue today. Uh, Mr. Andrew Clayton is quite the Pokemon savant, doing many uh, Nuzlocke challenges and just just living his best Pokemon life. So, how are you feeling about this? Um, sort of combing back into the into the memory archives and, and thinking about your time with, with red or blue. I guess I gotta ask, were you a did you get Pokemon red or Pokemon blue as a kid? Uh Pokemon blue. Yes, me too. Me yeah, too. My so, sister got red and I got blue. Yeah, my brother got my brother got red. And it's um it's funny because when you you were asking what games would people like to do trivia on and I was like, okay, I was sitting down and I'm like, oh, I do love Dragon Ball Fighters. Like that's like one of my favorite games ever. But I'm like, no, 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 no. If there's any game that represents me as a person and like my experience growing up with gaming, uh, I think Pokemon Red and Blue is just like the epiphany of that because I think that was the very first game that I got like super obsessed with, like super obsessed with. I know, like, oh man, my childhood was like playing through that game 
and then replaying through that game over and over. Then eventually I bought red, blue, yellow, gold, silver, crystal, and I like played through all of them. And I was like, I wanted back then, my childhood vision was to play it so much and know so much about that game to to be able to write a freaking strategy guide on it. That's what I wanted to do as a kid. Okay, well, I guess if we sort of connect some loose dots there, maybe maybe this episode is that strategy guide. Let's see if you are able to write this from your memory bank here today with a host of questions. So, so the way The Hungry Game Show works is we've got two main sections of the episode. We've got a multiple choice round uh, where you've got answers run, ranging from A, B, C, or D, mm-hmm. and you get two points per correct answer for those multiple choice questions. And then we've got a rapid fire round where you get one point per correct answer but uh you know we want to try and help you and and get you on the right path here so you do have two lifelines available but bear in mind that using a lifeline limits you to a maximum of one point awarded so if you're going to use a lifeline on the multiple choice and you get it right obviously you're going to get one point as opposed to the usual two but if you use a lifeline during the rapid fire round you'll still get that one point so the two lifelines you've got got phone my friend where i'm going to call a random person from within my contacts list for support and assistance obviously support and or assistance may vary they may know the game they may be gamers they may have never played a game in their life so it could be uh you know it's a bit of a minefield there but it's gonna gonna add to the fun then the last one obviously it's 50 50 fairly self-explanatory we're going to remove two incorrect answers increasing your chance of picking the correct answer from 25 percent all the way up to 50 percent i'd recommend using that on the multiple choice no one has used 50 50 on the rapid fire yet and i haven't even worked out how i'd make that work maybe i sort of give half a hint or something maybe that's how that would translate so you've got those two at your disposal you can choose to use both of them none of them but yeah you've got two at your disposal not one or the other so have you got any other questions comments concerns before we maybe uh kick this episode into gear good sir Nah, if I think too much, I'll just, I'll overthink it and then we're going downhill. We just need to dive in and see how we go. 100%. That's that's all we can do here. It's a good old college try. You know, we're here to have some fun. I guess before um before we start the, the actual questions in this episode, I guess we could do a little quick leaderboard recap. So uh, we've had five people joined the Hungry Game Show so far and uh, coming in third place or last or fourth place or last, I should say, is Salim the Dream who got 21 points out of 40. Equal third place at the moment, we see Jack Cruz and Miss Ali Hart both on 30 points. Outright second place currently is Subpar Lover on 30.5 points. And the winner at this stage, Mr. John O'Peck, after going God mode on The Last of Us, is sitting on 32.5 points. So you need to get 32.5 or above to, to ascend to the top of the THGS leaderboard. But I got faith in you, man. I got faith. It's it's funny because like I listened to the episode. Well, I've listened to all of them. You know, long time fan. Uh, <laughs> and I listened to the episode with Jono, and I'm like, damn, he did his research. And I'm sitting here like, I did none, <laughs> zero. <laughs> so but you know what? You know that that's why he's always known to be putting in work. So um, oh, you, you know, shameless plug, shameless sort of segue there, but. Yeah, we'll see. We'll have some fun with this, you know. If if I see you genuinely struggling, maybe maybe I'll give you a little a little little breadcrumb. See if we can get you get you to grandma's house. I I, I do like grandma's house. She has the best cooking. <sighs> at least at least you do. My grandma is a bitch. But anyway, that's uh, <laughs> that's a story for another day. No, the the best is um my girlfriend's Italian, so her grandmother or uh, Nuna just makes like a plethora of like 
amazing Italian food. Yeah, you're killing it's crazy. me. You're killing me. Yeah. See, and I can see why you need to go to the gym and and sort of maintain a little bit of an active lifestyle now because otherwise. Yeah, if, if that was me in that situation, I would be rolling out the door as opposed to, to running anywhere. So uh, I'm jealous, very jealous. Well, that's the thing. Like the whole lockdown thing, I wasn't doing anything. Like I was just like going out, eating all the stuff. And then I'm like, oh shit, I probably should, you know, not and start going to the gym. And I mean, we're talking about Pokemon. We're talking about gyms. It's like, it's, it goes hand in hand. It's it's all interconnected. It's all, yeah, that's, it's all one. Full circle. Full circle, baby. Full circle. All right. <laughs> Let's get things going. Pull Question number one. When you begin the game, where are you? So A, Professor Oak's laboratory. B, in a poker center. C, your room. Or D, in some tall grass. When uh, you begin the game, where are you? Uh, in your room, C. You're gonna go with C in your yes. room. I see you in your room. Yep. Let me uh, let me consult the judges. Ooh. That is correct. And shout out to Nintendo for for lending me a few sound bites for this. Please don't uh, don't sue me. That's cheeky. You got the the actual Pokemon sound bites this time. Oh, I've got a couple. I've only got two for correct and two for incorrect, and then my usual incorrect and correct noises. But I thought I had to mix it up a little bit. No, you know? no it's good. It's good. Can't get I mean, too I'm in stuck. the zone. I'm, I'm in the zone. All right, so you're batting 100. You, you got two points out of two points. You're one for one. Let's move on to question number two. There are six gym leaders you must battle on your way to, uh, to taking on the Elite Four. What order do you take on the first four gym leaders? A, Brock first, Misty second, Sabrina third, Koga fourth. B, Brock first, Misty second, Lieutenant Surge third, Erica fourth. C, Blaine first, Brock second, Misty third, Lieutenant Surge fourth. Or D, Misty first, Brock second, Sabrina third, or Giovanni fourth. Um, all right, so first off, there's eight gyms, just saying. That Not is six. correct, yep. Yep. Sorry. Um, so, I can't remember which letter you had it but it's brock misty surge and erica so you're going with brock misty surge and erica which yep. is b, I b. that yep. is b yep let's consult the judges two for two yeah four points out of four points that is correct so obviously brock is the rock gym leader misty yep. is the water-based gym leader lieutenant surge electricity Erica is grass, and if we keep moving through, Sabrina is psychic, Koga is poison, Blaine is fire, and Giovanni is ground. Mm-hmm. Sure is. The secret team leader, gym leader. Yeah, fucking Giovanni. <laughs> God, up yeah. to no good, those guys. Do you know that his son is the rival in um, Gold and Silver? I did not know that. I might have once upon a time, but it has been a good long time since I played Gold and Silver. Gold and Silver, best Pokemon games, hands down. Okay, there you go. Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's carry this success into question three. The blurb on the back of the boxes state that 139 different Pokemon can be obtained in each game without trading. This, however, includes all Pokemon that the player must choose between, i.e. both the Omanyte and Kabuto families are counted. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Therefore, what is the total, uh, what is the true total of different Pokemon obtainable 
in one adventure without trading. I know that was a bit of a bit of a mouthful wow, there, okay. so if you need me to clear okay. that up a little bit more, let me know. Yeah. So what is the total number of different Pokemon obtainable in one singular adventure without trading in the game? Out of how many? You said you said there was a there was a number in that question. What was the yeah, number? The, yeah, the blurb on the back of the box states that 139 different Pokemon okay, can be obtained. Okay, okay so A, yep. 124, B, 128, C, 133, or D, 137. Um, okay, so if I'm doing the math, all right, if you're doing one single playthrough, no trading, which means you can only get one set of starters, which means yep. you're automatically losing out on six, because you can't get, like, the three evolutions of each one. Mm -hmm. And then if you can't get um, the Kabuto and Omanite or the, um, like, Omastar Kabutops, so that's another two, so that's eight. Ooh. So, was there... Can I, can I listen to the, the answers, the... Sure, you sure can. So A, 124, B, yeah. 128, C, 133, or D, 137. Oh, shit. Okay, my math is wrong. It's not even in any of those. Uh... You, you're on the right track, though, the way, the way you're breaking it down. Yeah. So there's got to be something I'm... Oh, wait, there's something I'm missing. Oof. Oh, this is rough. Uh, so it's definitely not... 133 because that's only the six and that's not including the Omanite Omastar. Okay, so you so with that math you could take out C and D, which is 133 and 137. Okay, and then the, and so it was 124 and, and 128. I'll go 128. You're gonna go 128? Yep. Final answer. It's a bit of a stab in the dark, but uh, that is that B. B is 128. A is 124. Yep. What are we locking in? Uh, B for Pokemon Blue. We'll do You're it. You're gonna go, go B for Pokemon Blue, which is 128. Ah, damn it! Yeah, you were close. So the correct answer is A, 124. And as you mentioned, uh, this excludes the two uncho unchosen starter families. Yep. One fossil family, two yep. evolutions, one oh, of Hitmon Lee and Hitmon Chan, and the four Pokemon that only evolve when traded. Fuck! I forgot all about Eevee and the Hitmon Chans. Oh man. Another bit of trivia, did you know that Hitmonchan was actually really, really bad in the original games? And it's only in the later games that he got good because in the old games, right, your your stats were attack, defense, um, speed, and special. Mm -hmm. And um, the attacks that, like, your 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 moves that, um, their, their power was gained from either attack or special based on their type. So an electric move was always a special. Right, whereas like a rock move was always physical, but Hitmonchan has Thunder Punch, which is you would assume a physical move. But back then they didn't kind of differentiate properly, and so his terrible special stat went to his elemental punches, and he was just garbage. Wow, there you go. Yeah. I never knew that. I always picked Hitmon Lee. I thought, who do you want to be the kickboxer as opposed to the the boxer? I'm assuming. Nah. So I was always a Hitmon Lee guy. Just something about his big big round head. Yeah, no, he's cool. He's cool, man. I, I love I love them both. Like, it's always a difficult decision. Um, and I actually played through... So, Pokemon Sword and Shield, I played through as a pure fighting type trainer. I just got nothing but fighting types. And uh, Hitmonchan was the one that kind of got me through most of the game because he knows all those different punches. 
You give him an item called Expert Belt, so all super effective moves get a, a damage buff. He has an ability called Iron Fist, so all punches get a buff. Yeah, he's just crazy. God damn. How I got to ask now, how was it? Was it a true struggle just using fighter type only to make your way through Sword and Shield? Um, Sword and Shield is... It's, it's pretty easy. Like, my only struggle was against trainers that had, like, fairy types or psychic types. And mm -hmm. unfortunately, there are a few, like, psychic fairies, and they mess me up. But outside that, like, the game levels you up, like, really easily. And um, I, had, I had some pretty good type combinations. And, yeah, I... My only issue with Sword... Well, there's a lot of issues with Sword and Shield, but my biggest issue is it wasn't hard enough. So okay. I would I would I would like the game more if it was a bit more challenging and that's kind of why I went to a pure fighting type team to try and make it harder. I get that and I can respect that. Like um they they sort of I guess took a little nod from the simplicity in in um let's go really didn't they which was like yeah. a, you know Pokemon for 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 kitties and they now went to Pokemon for slightly older kitties with Sword and Shield. And it's like I get it that's the core audience but like I don't know I feel like they lost something that made the games great mm -hmm. yeah but I you know you. i still played i played the shit out of it so whatever hell yeah hell yeah <laughs> all right question number four what is the name of the malicious pokemon gang that you encounter throughout pokemon red and blue a team aqua b team magma c team cypher or d team rocket i figure uh, this is going to be a pretty easy one for you yeah. good sir team rocket for shell team rocket for shell yeah. Well, I mean, we already spoke about... Oh, there we go. I love that soundbite. We spoke about um, Giovanni being the eighth gym leader, and he's like... You don't actually know he's the gym leader for ages. You just, he's just like the notorious leader of Team Rocket that you encounter a few times, and then all of a sudden it's like, Legasp, he is the gym leader. Oh. And, I, and yeah. I love all... Like, you defeat him, and then Team Rocket just disbands. It's like, oh, you know, that's that's some real pretty, pretty hardcore leadership there. You know, that's a devout following. Well, I mean, like... He he was like this this leader of this criminal organization, and he spent years and years like becoming not just a powerful gym leader, but like a powerful underground like ringleader. And then all of a sudden, this ten year old kid's just like, "Hey, it's my fucking squirtle!" Blah. And it's like, you know what? I'd give up too. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably wouldn't follow him now. When you put it that way, I'm like, yeah, I'd probably stop. You know, feeling this guy's the the baddest man on the planet when he gets yeah cocked by a couple of ten year olds. Mm. It's it's pretty humiliating. Humiliating. Yeah. So yeah. you're right. Team Rocket obviously is the, uh, the the gang you're encountering in Red and Blue. Uh, Team Aqua and Team Magma are both from Pokemon Ruby, Sapphire, and Emerald. Mm -hmm. And then uh, yeah, we've also got uh, one that we didn't mention on here, but just a little another factoid. Team Galactic. Uh, Team Galactic. It's from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl. Oh man, that's so good. Galactic is so good. Yeah. You know what else is good? Question number five. Oh yeah. What cave must you go through to reach Cerulean City? A. Mount Morta B. Mount Moon C. Mount Silver or D. Rock Tunnel What cave must you go through to reach Cerulean City? Well, only two of those are in Gen 1, so uh, I'm going to lock in Mount Moon, whichever You're going to go B, Mount Moon? Yeah, because um, Mount Silver is where you fight Red in um, Gold and Silver. And Mount Morta, oh, I'm pretty sure that's that's Gen Three, that's Ruby Sapphire. I'm pretty sure. Mate, you are you are nailing this thing. That good sir, he's correct. 
I got another bit of trivia for you. All right. So when we when it, Alex and I did the Nuzlocks on on the stream, this 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 is a testament to how much I played this game. So the you go through Mount Moon to get to Cerulean. Then you got to beat like uh, Misty and Surge and get cut and blah blah blah. And then to get to uh, Celadon, which is where you fight Erica, you've got to go through the Rock Tunnel. And you need an ability called Flash. And Flash kind of illuminates the cave. Otherwise, you it's pitch black and you can't see where you're going. I have navigated that cave so many times that I can do it blind, like without any vision. I just kind of work my way through it like we did it on the stream and alex is like what the fuck man that's impressive <laughs> that is that is impressive that's some rain man stuff right there so yeah uh, i just look man i just played a lot <laughs> like a lot you do you do and yeah you're currently four out of five you're on eight points so far which uh you know it's a good pace you're on the right track to potentially dethrone jono peck but yeah, Mount Moon, obviously you encounter Team Rocket in there. You can pick up the Helix Fossil or Dome Fossil, dome fossil yep. which obviously can be turned into Omanyte or Kabuto. And um, yeah, then you make your way through to Cerulean City and uh, fight that little angry red-headed woman named Misty. Yeah, and it's um, you also in Pokemon Yellow, that's where you fight uh, Jesse and James for the first time. Mm, mate, I love this. We're, we're, it's like we're playing two games at once here. Yeah, that's it. That's it. You Hell give me yeah. trivia, I give you trivia. <laughs> All right. Question number six, coming your way. How many different sounds were used to generate all 151 unique Pokemon cries? Shit. Yep. A, 151. B, 75. C, 37. Or D, 100. How many different sounds were used to generate all 151 unique Pokemon cries? Okay, it's definitely not A because uh, there are multiple Pokemon that have the same cry. I, I'm pretty sure uh, Mewtwo and who was it? I think it was. I can't remember. I know Ditto shares uh, a sound with I think maybe Mew. I think Charmeleon or Charizard shares one. What were B, C, and D? Okay, so B, C, and D. You've got 75, 37, and 100. Um, this one's a really tough question. Jesus. I got faith. Uh, Remember, you got your lifelines too. We could go 50-50 yeah. here. How, how many more multiple choice questions do we have? Um, we're on question six. We've, we've got 11 questions in total. So you've got another five or six after this if you include spoilers, a bonus point question in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a really tough question. Yeah, let's do it. Can I use the 50-50? Uh, you can use the 50-50. If, if you leave in A, I'm going to be so pissed off. <laughs> Actually, if you leave in A, it'll be good. Never mind. I was you about to say, you'd want A left yeah. in, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beep, boop, beep. All right, I've just run the numbers. And D and B have been <sighs> removed. So you've got mm. A, 151, and C, 37 remaining. Uh, well, it has to be C because I know that um, there are some Pokemon that share the cries. So yeah, whatever's not A and that's left, I'll I'll pick. All that. right, so you're gonna go with C, thirty-seven. That is correct. Jeez, I tell you what, I'm I'm so glad that I used that lifeline because I was thinking, nah, sure, there's got to be more than thirty-seven. 
Yeah, so there's 37 uh, bass sounds, and then the, uh, the the sound composers just started modifying those effects by you know changing the speed and pitch, and then applying it to that bass sound to get the rest of those uh, quote unquote unique Pokemon cries. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> quote unquote unique is is very accurate. Mm-hmm. All right, man, you are still on track at the moment. You've only had one incorrect answer, so you are looking the goods. Let's uh, mm-hmm. move into question number seven. When was the first Pokemon? Uh, what? No, sorry. What was the first Pokemon to be officially trademarked? A. Pikachu. B. Squirtle. C. Mew. Or D. Mewtwo. What was wow. the first Pokemon to be officially trademarked? Wow! What a question! Wow! Um. Man, you have made this easy. I tell you what. Uh, well, after I pretty much gave you the previous one, I had to had had to sort of get you back on track here, keep you humble. Yeah, you know? yeah, like yeah, I, that's good. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I, I feel the love. Um, I think I'm gonna toss up between Pikachu or Squirtle because Pikachu's the mascot, and they used him predominantly in the show and as a lot, uh, as a lot of the uh, marketing, but. Mm-hmm. Squirtle's also on the cover art. No, Blastoise is on the cover Blastoise art. Blastoise and Charizard are on the cover art, yeah. Logic would dictate it's Pikachu. I'm going to lock it in just because I don't know any better. But if I'm wrong, I won't be surprised. Okay, so, I'll, so I'll, I'll lock in Pikachu. You're going to lock in a Pikachu? Yeah. All right. Consulting with the judges. That is actually a poison sound from Pokemon yeah. Red and Blue. So I assume you know that's got negative connotations attached to it. Correct. So... Sorry, oh, mate. <laughs> it is actually C. Mew. Mew was the first Pokemon name to be trademarked. And funnily enough, it was even trademarked before the name Pocket Monsters. Wow. Is it, look, you learn something new every day. Is it bad that I heard that noise and like shuddered immediately? Like I knew exactly what that was? Yeah, I was hoping <laughs> you did. But then I'm like, maybe the listeners don't know either. So yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's when you get poisoned. So it's, it's not a good time. Speaking of, speaking of um first Pokemon, I actually got a I got I got a question for you. Here you go. Okay. Ready, ready? I'm ready. Right, so which was the very first Pokemon? So was it Bulbasaur, Rhyhorn, Mew, or Arceus? It it depends on what you define as first. Because if it's the oldest Pokemon of all time, it's Arceus, but if it's the very first Pokemon, it's Rhyhorn. Do you know every single answer is actually correct? Oh really? So Bulbasaur is the first Pokemon in the Pokedex. Rhyhorn was the very first Pokemon created. Mew is considered the first Pokemon in a lot of the games because it's like genetically the first Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And then Arceus is God. So yeah, that is so, some yeah. that's some good wordplay. Yeah. Kudos. I'm I'm giving you half a point back for that <laughs> because that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, there you that's go. phenomenal. Okay, and for a single bonus point, oh, what shit. year was the trademark officially filed? for that Mew trademark. So what year was Mew trademarked? Jesus. And this um, was before the name Pocket Monsters as well. So think before that, if you cannot roughly remember when they trademarked Pocket Monsters, I'll give you a hint. They trademarked Pocket Monsters in 1995. This was before that. Wow. I'm going to take a stab in the dark. Um, I might say... I'll go 1994. Just You're like one go... year prior, that we're getting like every, all the ideas together. We'll roll with that, whatever. 1994, that's your final answer? Sure, I've got nothing else. <laughs> okay, 1994. Yeah, yeah. It's actually 1990. 
So Mew Whoa, was trademarked Jesus. five years before Pocket Monsters was. So, uh, yeah, I don't know what Game Freak were hatching with Mew there, but yeah, trademarked in 1990. I was four years old when Mew was getting trademarked. I was two. There you go. I was two. Yeah. Jesus. A couple of 30-something legends here doing Pokemon trivia. What's up? That's, that's it. That's, that's hashtag goals. Hashtag goals. All right. This next question could be goals if you get it right. Hey, ho, ho. There's a battle against Professor Oak programmed into the game, but was never included in the final base game itself. It is only accessible by using a game shark or glitching the game. His team consists of a level 69 version of the fully evolved starter that neither of you nor your rival chose at the beginning of the game, a level 66 Tauros, a level 67 Executor, and two other Pokemon. Who are they? A. Man. A level 68 Primate, uh, Primate and a level 70 Alakazam. B. A level 70 Arcanine and a level 70 Scyther. C. A level 68 Blaziken and a level 70 Steelix. Or D. A level 68 Arcanine and a level 70 Gyarados. Well, I can't be C because Blaziken is uh, from Generation 3, which is Ruby and Sapphire, so... Yep, yep, uh, smart, smart. You, you saw my little swerve there? Yeah, yeah, I, it's a cheeky curveball, but I gotcha. Um, oh, man, that's... i tell you what, like, just props to some of these questions. Holy shit, man. <laughs> um, okay, okay. So, it's either Arcanine Gyarados or Primeape Alakazam, and what was the other one? Arcanine and Scyther. Okay, okay, okay. So, if I'm going by, like, how the game functions normally, because i got no idea, right? Uh, you would have to assume that, right? Like, so your rival, his team is always based around... Um, that He never has conflicting types, right? So, he never picks a Pokemon that's, like, a fire, water, or grass, because that will conflict with whatever choice he chooses that contradicts your starter type. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, Gary has, like... Oh, I call him Gary, but whatever the rival's called, he's got, like, um... Uh, Pidgeot and... Oh, sorry, yeah, he... Sorry, let me rephrase that. He doesn't pick the type that he's chosen from the starter. So, like, if he... If he chose, like, a Venusaur, he's gonna have, like, a Gyarados Arcanine, yada, yada, yada. So... Oh, shit. Um... I might... Oh, fuck. I, I want to go Primeape and Malakazam, but that's also because I really like those Pokemon. Okay, you just you got to think with your head here, not your heart. Yeah, yeah, I know. Okay, okay. But doesn't Pokemon teach us to feel with a heart? You know? I know, but I'm, I'm I'm trying to add to the drama here in the suspense. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um. So what was it? It was Primate Alakazam, Primate Alakazam, Arcanine Scyther, Arcanine Gyarados, and if we're yeah we're going to scrap Blaziken and Steelix due to obviously yeah some some Gen three creeping in there. So and Gen two Steelix was Gen two. Yeah, and then Gen three Blaziken there. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so logically, I'm going to pick A, just because in case he has like the Charizard, then he would have two fire types, and then that would maybe conflict with the challenge of the of the fight. <sighs> mm. Some someone's telling me it's not it. Well, you can obviously change to something else if you like. So you're looking at Primeape and Alakazam. 
Mm-hmm. At A, um, is that what you're going to settle with or are you going to pivot to D or B? I feel like he would have Arcanine Gyarados if if he had the Venusaur, but what if he doesn't have the Venusaur? Would that change? Okay, you know what? I'm just I'm thinking this too much. I'm just going to go with my heart and part... I got some logic in there as well, so that's good enough for me. I'm going to go with A. Uh, let's see how it goes. You go on A, Prime Open Alakazam? Yep, we're going A clay. Yep, that's that's what we're doing. Ah, damn. Was it was it D? It was D. Yeah, ah, level sixty eight Arcanine and a level seventy Gyarados. Yeah, yeah. Cause I'm like, if, uh, cause like, what if he picks like a Charizard or a Blastoise? Would that change? It, Man, I, the only thing would change is, yeah. If, if you if you went Squirtle and, and your rival would then um, potentially go like he'd go Bulbasaur, then. He would have a Charizard here, so he would have a double up on the fire. Yeah. But that's that's yeah. just I guess how it was programmed into the game. Yeah, that's that's just it. I mean, like, look, uh your rival is younger, you know, he's like the the evolution of Pokemon trainers, so maybe he's thinking strategically and Professor Oak's like, I like my big fluffy dog. So exactly. you know, whatever. I would there too. Arcanine's a beautiful beast. He he is, he is, he's very beautiful. Yeah. All right. You know what else God is beautiful? Question. The next Oh. Number nine. Ooh. Pokemon Red and Blue was originally released in Japan in 1996, originally known as Pocket Monsters Red and Green. Two years later, the game was released in the US and Australian markets, while Europe following, uh, followed the year after in 1999. From a film and music standpoint, what was the highest grossing film of 1998 and the number one overall song on the Billboard charts for that year? you do this every fucking month. <laughs> I know, I know. I, I got I, There's some consistency, so you know yeah. some of the things you need to study up on, so... But but I didn't, because I'm silly. Well, let's uh let's see if you can pull this one out of your backside. So, yeah, yeah. A, the movie is Armageddon, and the song is You're Still the One by Shania Twain. V, Titanic, and the song is Too Close by Next. C, The Waterboy and the song is Truly Madly Deeply by Savage Garden, or D, the movie is Blade, and the song is Getting Jiggy With It by Will Smith. What you got? What finished at the top of the charts, both from a billboard functionality on the music front and dollar value on the box office for the film? Once again, my heart goes to Blade and Will Smith. Uh, just not, nah, nah. That's, I, I nah. wish they did, because yeah, I'm with you. I'm all about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but... I think... Oh, man, look, I honestly have no idea, but I think if we're going by, like, the, the like, box office presence and, like, music presence, I don't think it's number two, because I don't even recognize the song. And, um... So I think it's between A and C. I'm gonna go... A was Armageddon and... And you're still the one by Shania Twain? Ah, shit. My mom fucking pumped that Shania Twain in the car all the time. Um, I love me some Shania Twain. It's so, like, (laughs) whenever I'm out or something and there's, like, Shania Twain, like, playing in, um, Shania Twain, sorry. If if she's playing in the, not physically, but if she's playing in, like, JB Hi-Fi or something, like, I'll just embarrassingly, like, start singing along to it and... She's, yeah. she's just got a way about it, doesn't she? Just that, it's just easy, accessible music, you know? She sort of was one of those uh, artists that broke in f- from the country into that mainstream on the radio for a while there in the 90s and early 2000s. So, uh, shout out to Shania. 
Yeah, I think she's like the first real country singer that I listened to. So that's that's something. Fun fact, um, I watched her perform in Las Vegas. Oh. Yeah. Oh, how was it? It was phenomenal. She was oh, a really? she, hell, hell yeah. of a performer, hell of an artist. Yeah, she's pretty good. Right. My mum would be so jealous. Anyway, uh, I might have to go with A because I think Armageddon just smashed it. You're going to go you with know. A, Armageddon, yeah. and the wanna... song is You're Still the One by Shania Twain? Yeah, I don't, I don't want to close my eyes, but uh, we'll see how You we don't want to fall asleep? Yeah. Because I missed you, baby. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, let's see how you went on the score charts here. Oh, I'm so nervous. <sighs> Sorry, my friend. It was actually B, Titanic, and the song Too Close by Next. So... I thought oh my God. I, I thought if you could think back cuz Titanic was one of the like the highest grossing movie of all, of all time. time for many Before years Before Avatar. There. Yeah. Fuck. So I, I thought this is going to be a good teaser here cuz yeah at the at the box office Armageddon grossed 201 million, Titanic grossed 443 million. So it doubled the second second movie for 1998. And then Saving Jesus. Private Ryan came in third, there's something about Mary at 4. The Waterboy at five, so on and so forth. So yeah, Titanic. The problem was you threw me off with the song because I don't recognize the songs. I was like, oh, that's probably maybe Titanic wasn't in that year or something. Maybe he's trying to throw me off, give me a curveball. You, you don't recognize no. the song. Here you go. Here's a, here's a little teaser for you. You watch. I'm probably gonna recognize it now. Because I didn't recognize it either. But then I did when the the chorus and things started kicking in. So. No. It's a long lead-in. Oh my god. Fuck. No! You know it now? Yep. Oh my god. Alex will be so upset. Jesus. You're making it hard for me. Yep. I'm, so I'm yeah, a disappointment. yeah, that is too close by next. I was the same when I was doing the research. I'm like, what the fuck song is that? So I had to actually YouTube it. And I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this little banger. Oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. Yes. That's, I've disappointed myself. I've disappointed Alex. Seppuku may have to be performed. It's it's tough though, because without hearing like a bar of the song, you'd like, I would have had no idea either unless I heard a couple of, a bit of lyric or a beat. And then you're like, oh yeah, I remember that song. But I would have never thought it would have finished number one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I was thinking. I'm like, surely if it was number one, I would have heard about it. Because I'm like, I'm not ignorant to to music, especially when I was younger. I used to listen, like I used to, every Saturday morning, like, you know, I would just like rage and video hits. I would just have them playing. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, just I can't believe I missed it. That's all right. <sighs> I would have done the same. All right, let's move into the second last question of multiple choice. Remember, you still yep. have phone, my friend. You can use it in this or in the rapid fire round, so no pressure, but you got that mm -hmm. in the back pocket. What is the correct order of the Elite Four in the order that you face them, starting with the first member? I could answer this right now. <laughs> if, if you want to, I don't need to go through the uh, through the options here. So if you want to have a crack at it, and then, then I can confirm it goes, to deny it goes Lorelei with ice pokemon bruno with fighting types uh agatha with ghost types and lance with dragon types well we uh aren't mucking around on that one 100 percent, and you even mentioned the the, the types of pokemon too yeah. so i don't even have anything to add to that apart from kudos to you that was that's beautiful 
I'm trying to remember the exact Pokemon they had, because I know that, like, Lorelei had a Cloyster, a Seal, a Lapras. I think she had two two Dugongs, sorry. A Lapras. I think there was another one in there. That I can't... Oh, a Jinx. Um, Bruno has Hitmonchan, Hitmonlee, two Onyxes, and a Machamp, I believe. And Agatha had, I think, a... Oh, shit. I know she had a Gengar as a main one, but there weren't a lot of ghost types. Back yeah, in back gen. then there wasn't, was there? Yeah, so I think she had, I think she had two Golbats, and then she had like a Hauntar and something else I can't remember. And then I know Lance had Gyarados, two different Dragonites, um, Aerodactyl, and oh shit, he did have another one I can't remember now. He was just flexing all over town with that bloody rollout, wasn't he? Did you know? Here's another bit of trivia for you. So back in Generation One, Psychic was the most powerful type in the game because their only weaknesses were bug and um, ghost, right? But there were no real strong ghost or bug moves. There was only like pin missile, which only Beedrill learnt, and lick, which was um, the ghost move that the only ghost Pokemon, Ghastly Haunted Gengar, learns, right? But both of those Pokemon are weak to poison, which psychic types just decimate. So they could just like walk all over them. And lick's base power was like... 10 or 15 or something so you would never use it you just use nightshade and nightshade was a move that would do damage based on your level so the max damage you could ever do was 100 it didn't inflict super effective damage so psychics just kind of ran supreme in that generation damn that's that's good i'm actually going to give you another point for that that's uh that's that's blowing my mind so uh you know what you can make up a point from before about not knowing that too close song because yes. you're dropping knowledge here on the Hungry Game Show, and yeah. that's what we're all about. I think one of the reasons I really enjoyed Pokemon that... So my brother, the one that got Pokemon Red, we were very competitive, me and him, and he's, like, really smart. Like, he's just a very clever dude, and he was pretty much better than me at every video game we ever played, except Pokemon. Ooh, that would have felt good. So, So it was just like... I think I had an edge early on, and I was like, must keep this lead. And then, you know, <laughs> obsession took over. Yeah, good times were had. That's phenomenal. All right, man. Let's uh, move into... This is the final question coming up in the multiple choice. You ready? Mm, no, but yep. <laughs> Going by base power, the famous Hyper Beam was the strongest of all original attacks, not counting moves that caused self-fainting like explosions. Yeah, which was 250, yeah. Possessing the normal element, it wasn't super effective against anything, but could hit most types without being resisted and still had a respectable accuracy to accompany its lethal power. What is Hyper Beam's power slash accuracy level? A, 150 and 100. B, 160 and 80. C, over 9,000 and 69, <laughs> giggity. Or D, 150 over 90. Well, the base power is definitely 150. Okay, so so you're looking at A or D if you're going by that. So 150 over 100 or 150 over 90. <sighs> I'm going to say 100 because the moves that had like lower accuracy, like that was like Thunder and Blizzard and stuff. Because I think they didn't want... If, if, if Hyper Beam had low, lower accuracy then it was less inciting, like, less inviting to use because it, it costs you a turn in, to recharge. So I'm going to go only, with A. It's, so you've got 150 over 100 or 150 yep. over 90. So 90 is not a huge drop from 100, mind you. 
it, well, I tell you what, like, it doesn't feel like it, but when you, you're in a critical moment and you try to hit that thunder and that 10% just comes and bites you in the ass, you're like, ah! Like, I refuse to use moves like that. Oh, really? You just look for yeah. the hundreds all the time? Yeah, because in a situation where I need it to hit, I can't afford to gamble. Okay, yeah, like, so are you going to go A, 150 over um, 100 or D, 150 over 90? Uh, I'm going to go with A. You're going to go with A? Yep. Oh, really? It Shit. is 150 over 90. Wow. So, yeah, one, 150 power and then uh, 90 on the accuracy level. So, yeah, I, it was <sighs> nine out of 10 times you're going to be hitting that move on average. Jesus. You know, if, it's funny because, like, if you didn't add the accuracy, I could have answered that so fast. Yeah. I, I got I, I I to keep you yeah. on your toes. Yeah, no, that was good. That was clever. You, you got me. You got me. All but right. I was like, for, for sure, like, for sure you wouldn't make a move like that have a low accuracy because you're already, like, sacrificing a turn. But mm-hmm. Game Freak, do what Game Freak wants, so whatever. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So uh, that leads us to the end of the multiple choice. And you're currently on 13.5 points. So uh, at this stage, you need to get another seven and a half points to equal Salim the Dream um, Mm -hmm. in last place. And obviously, the more points you get from there, you're going to be climbing the leaderboard further up. So we've got 18 multiple choice questions coming your way. It's going to be a tough hill to climb, but I'm, I'm in it for a ride, you know? 100%. 100%. And it, it has been quite the ride. Remember, you still do have the phone, my friend, up your sleeve as well. So we yep. can we can whip that out when required. But you're ready to uh, get into some rapid fire? Yeah, I'm, I am I sure am. I sure am. I'm just, I'm saving that that um, phone a friend for like something real juicy, you know? Okay. Question number one. If you were to choose Squirtle as your starter Pokemon, who would your rival choose? Uh, your rival choose Bulbasaur. That is correct. Question number two. What are Red and Blue's default names within the game's coding? You mean like the, the character names? No, like in the back end of the game's coding. So they're they're pretty much just known as Red and Blue for all intents and purposes. But in the back end coding of the game, they've got different names outside of that. What are they? Wow, I would not have a clue. Ah, um, oh, Jesus. I might just say Red and... Red and green, just because that's the Japanese. Ooh, I like your way of thinking, but sorry, that is incorrect. It's actually Ninten, N-I-N-T-E-N, and the other one is Sony. It's actually a reference to Nintendo's rivalry Sony in the gaming industry. That is cheeky, and I love it. Question number three. What were Coughing and Weezing's original prototype names? Oh, Jesus. Man, you hit me with these. Yeah, I think it would be fantastic. They are cities, very big cities, not no. from the eastern region. They're the big western cities. Oh, Jesus, that that really doesn't help me. <laughs> and wow, they're cur- this this country is currently being run by a fake tan moron. <laughs> so two big cities from that that country. Um, shit. Uh, I'm just going to go with, uh, oh, crap. I'm going to go with Seattle and Chicago. Let's do that. Whatever. Ah, it's actually LA and New York. And that was actually in reference to the high levels of pollution in both yeah. Los Angeles and New York. So, uh, well, Pokemon is kind of filled with these little bits of trivia. Like, do you know why Ghost and Bug beat Psychics? 
I do not, but but tell so me. If this is a good story, is, it might give you another point. Yeah, well, so the the idea is that because um, psychic is a very like mental ability, right? But right. bugs and ghosts are your like fears. So it's based on the idea that fear will beat like can overwhelm your mind. Okay. Yeah. Okay, and that and that's also why dark, which is a type that comes in Gen Two, is also uh, super effective against the um, psychic. All right, I'm giving I'm giving you a half a point for that one. That was that was good. I appreciate that. See, what move from each does other. Lance's Dragonite know, which cannot typically, uh, which cannot be typically learnt by legitimate methods? Flamethrower. It's barrier. Barrier is the correct answer there. Fuck. Why even, would it barrier? It's a Dragonite. It's like super powerful. Yeah. Even though this Pokemon does in fact have wings, it was unable to learn the move Fly in red or blue. That was later rectified in Pokemon Yellow. Charizard. What is this Pokemon? Charizard. That is correct. That was whip quick. I love that. Yeah, yeah. During the second annual AIAS Interactive Achievement Awards, which is now known as the Dice Awards, Pokemon Red and Blue won several awards Name me one of them. Uh, best music score. Let's go with that. You going with that? Ah, uh, fuck. You know, why don't we just go with like best handheld game? We'll, we'll roll with that. That sounds that sounds more legitimate. Even though the the music is pretty decent. That is incorrect. Uh, they oh, won shit. outstanding achievement in character or story development, along with nominations for console role-playing game of the year and outstanding achievement in interactive design. What yeah, was the game known as during early development before transitioning to Pocket Monsters? Ah, oh, crap. Oh man. Okay. Uh, what was it known as before becoming? Yes. I feel like I should know this one. To give you a little hint, it starts with C. Capture Critters! No. I got nothing. (laughs) It actually was known as Capsule Monsters, a.k.a. Capumon. Oh my god, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah, gotcha. That's that's clever. That's good. That's clever. All right, question number eight in the rapid fire. Finish this line. Hi, I like shorts. They're comfy and easy to wear. Boom, baby. Boom, you got it. You're back on track. What connects Celadon City to Fuchsia City? Uh, Cycling Road. Boom, two for two. In the Kanto region, all of the towns are named after colors. There is one exception. What town are we talking about? They're all named after colours. Remember, you've still got your uh, phone, my friend, but you've also got a handful of questions left. So you got time? Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. So... I'm I'm leaning towards Cinnabar, but I'm still a bit iffy with that. Uh, Obviously, you know, Fuchsia, Saffron... There's another one you haven't mentioned yet. It's where you start, apparently. Ah, <clears throat> oh, New Pallet Town. Do you know why that's it's called that? Why? Do, oh, well, why well, is it called Pallet Town? Yeah. Well, it's, it's the my research was because all the other towns are named after colors, and palette is obviously a color palette, which is a range of colors used by an artist or in a picture. So it yeah. sort of weaves yeah. in itself, but. 
maybe you've got some more knowledge to drop me? No, no, that, that was it. You, you hit the nail on the head. You, where's my soundbite for correct? <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll give you another half point there because I'm feeling generous. It's just yeah. one of those nights. All right, the next yeah. question. When you beat Team Rocket at Silfco in Saffron City, what does the president of Silfco give to you? Silfscope. And Wait, no, sorry, no, 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 sorry, sorry, sorry. Silf, you get the Silfscope from the underground tunnel in Celadon. You get the Master Ball when you beat him at Silfco. Boom, that is correct. That sorry, is correct. I, I was scared for a minute, but you corrected yeah. it. You got back on right on the right course. I, I jumped the gun. That's, you, that's my you problem. You did jump the gun, but that's all right. Yeah. It's all right. We're, uh, we don't judge too heavily here. <laughs> the next question. While on board the SS Anne in Vermilion City, you'll be forced to battle your rival. During that battle, he will use a level 16 Pokemon that shouldn't be, in fact, able to be used. Eradicate. Who is that Pokemon? Eradicate. That is correct. And 20. why? Like, yeah, why shouldn't he be able to be used for another point? Because Rattata, which is the, the the rat that is like its previous form, evolves at level twenty. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah, bonus point there. That is gorgeous. I'm loving this. All right, the next one. Do, do you know? Sorry, before we move on, do you know that there's like a, a narrative, like a fan-made narrative that, like during that battle, the battle was so fierce that something happens to that Radicate. And like he, like your rival just can't use it. it it's become this whole like this storyline of like you were maybe too hard and and maybe he pushed it too hard or something. And yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I'm not giving another bonus point. I'm giving two no, no, bonus no, points no, away. No, here, no, no. You know, yeah, little hat good, tip to you there for that that bit of bit of knowledge. All right. The next question. And bear in mind, you've got five questions remaining. Yep, yep. What and a lifeline still. And yeah. a lifeline still, yeah. What two items must you pick up in the Safari Zone in Future City? Oh. One of them is Surf. The HMO... Surf is... Uh, HMO 3, I believe. You are correct on that part. So you're halfway there. Moving on to prayer. And the other one... Oh, the other one's the gold teeth. You've got to give it to the guy. And the... Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, gotcha. Gold, yep, gold you, teeth? Gold boom, teeth, yeah. boom, boom. Yeah, so you've got to get the gold teeth to give to the warden so he'll give you HMO4, which is strength. Strength, yep. And yeah, so, yeah, surf and then strength via way of gold teeth. All right, yep. the next question. The music was composed by Janishi Masuda at his home using what type of device? Oh, wow. A microphone? No, uh... <laughs> um, Jesus, you know what? Oh... Uh, Let's do this one as a phone a friend because maybe people know more about audio devices than I do. So let's 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 go with that. We'll see if, if we get someone that knows more okay. than I do. Okay. Let's uh let's just let me pull out my my mobile phone here and we'll see we'll see what this phone my friend can do. As uh, as mentioned, you don't know who this is going to be. This could be No idea. This could be a work colleague. This could be my grandma just so I can actually tell her she's a bitch on the phone or it could be someone <laughs> we both know. Let's see. Hopefully they answer too. There's no guarantee. Yep. yep. It's ringing. Yep. Ahoy, uh, hoy. Hello, is that uh, is that Nato J I've got on the phone? Oh, oh Lord. Yes. Hello. Hey, it is uh, Brendan White here calling you from the Hungry Game Show Satellite Studios. I've got a dear friend Andrew A. Clay Clayton here battling his way through Pokemon Red and Blue Trivia Extravaganza, but we've hit a snag, so we thought we'd call one of the other Pokemon savants that I know to see if you can help out A-Clay to improve on his score at the moment. 
What do you reckon? Oh, do you want me to go get Kaz, do you? <laughs> you could if you like, but uh, I've, seen, I've seen the Twitter beefs. I've seen the wars that you and Dream have over who's the greatest Pokemon trainer of them all. There's no wars. There's just uh, Dream deluding himself and uh, me actually being the best. 100%. That's 100%. That's so, yeah, that's fair. So full disclosure, Nato, you can't hear Andrew, but he can hear you. I love so, you, Nato. I love you, Andrew. And he's saying can, he loves I can, you too. I can hear you through my heart. Oh, that's beautiful. That's, I feel like I've, I've won. There is no incorrect answer now. There's just victory. Yeah, I think everyone wins. With with yeah. sort of phrasing like that, everybody wins. I feel very touched. That was magical because yeah. he can't hear me. All right. So 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 what so what so what? Where do you want to pick my brain up? Okay, so we're we're in the rapid fire questions, and to add oh. to the tension, I got to fire this uh, dramatic music back up. Yeah. And the question you've been phoned in on is. The music within Pokemon Red and Blue was composed by Junishi Masuda at his home using what type of device? Ooh. Yeah, sorry, Nato. I know, it's not an easy one. It's it's a hard pull. Jesus. Yeah. I, I, yeah, that, yeah. I have no idea. I'll give you a little, um, give you a little hint. Yeah. It is... A model of car in the name of this device. Model of car? I, th- I didn't even know he made it on something weird. Okay. It, it, oh, it's, it's weird to a degree. So, okay. model of car, something, something. It's three words. But if you get close, I'll probably give you the point too because it's been a, it's been a long fun night. And my heart is yeah. full right now. Yeah, it, it has been. Yeah. Oh, um, far out. Um, I'm just trying to think. Now I'm just trying to piece that together in my mind. Trying to get old Detective Pikachu on it. <laughs> a, l- a little crumb that I'll even throw you guys a little bit more. So Holden made, made this model of car. Is it like Holden. Commodore Pro 3000? <laughs> oh, a Commodore 64. Boom. Yeah, Commodore something something. Oh, okay. So it's not the 64. Okay. Fuck, what other Commodores were they? Put, put your heads together. Ooh. Hey, Clay, what are you feeling at the moment? Hey? Uh, um, anxiety. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's going to go with anxiety, Nato, but uh, <laughs> what are you thinking? I'm trying to... I, I had a Commodore 64, so I'm trying to think of what the other Commodore consoles were. The second Am word, I on the right path? You are the second word rhymes with Sega. Sega? Was it like Commodore? No, oh, Jesus Christ. You know Ooh. what? Like I appreciate the hints, but I got nothing, hey. Whatever NATO hmm, says I'm gonna hmm, go with. Hmm. What are you thinking? I don't know, I'm pacing around the house trying to think right now. He's fueling his mind's eye. Um Got ten seconds. Oh, is it like Commodore, Commodore rhymes Mega. with Sega computer? So what's the middle word? Commodore rhymes with Sega computer. Bigger like the cheese. <laughs> a Clay's going with bigger like the cheese. What are you feeling, Nato? What are you throwing our way? Oh, I know it. It starts with A. <laughs> It does um, start with A. 
He does! Oh! He, um, Amiga! Amiga, yes! Boom! Whatever he said. Whatever he said. <laughs> yes, okay. I'm wondering how at the moment. So okay, so, the so NATO has suggested Commodore Amiga computer. A Clay, are you gonna are you gonna back NATO here, or are you going with anxiety or uh, Commodore Amiga computer? Uh, I will back NATO 100%. He is my Pokemon brother. Um, yeah, whatever whatever he says is is fact. It's it's law. It's gospel. Lock it in. Okay, Pokemon Amiga computer. Let's see if you guys are on the right track. Oof, my heart's pumping. You've leveled up. You got that one point. Um, yeah, boom! There you go. Another lifeline granting success and prosperity to a contestant here on the Hungry Game Show. NATO, Thanks, NATO. Beautiful teamwork there. Love you. He says, thanks, NATO. He loves you. It's like you guys Sneak were in one down. mind, one body. Now. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you got a bit of a sweat on. Oh, I've been running around. <laughs> I was a bit excited. I, thought of that. I think my neighbors See? are looking at me weirdly at the moment. Yeah, so the old Commodore Amiga computer uh, only features PCM sample playback. So they had to actually convert it to the Game Boy with a program that he had to custom write himself as well. So uh, Janishi Masuda Jesus. didn't do anything by halves. That's for damn sure. Jesus. I didn't even know that. That was... Look, if I have to think of my hero, Detective Pikachu, I think we learned something <laughs> here today. 100%. percent you would be very proud of you up. both. All right, yes, Nato J, appreciate the time. Appreciate you taking the call and uh, helping our boy here get another point on the Hangar right. Game Show. Andrew, do you want to say anything before we say bye-bye to Nato? Um, I know you can't hear me, but you will always be in my heart. and I felt that I in my pumping you. heart. He says you will always be in his heart. I didn't hear the last part though. Oh, I said I'll do. I'm doing this for you. Oh, and he said he's doing it. He said I'll he's doing it for later. you. <laughs> All right, brother. Much love. All right. Bye. Bye. You know what? I was just like, I was trying to think, who are you gonna call? And then as soon as I heard that voice, I was like, of course, of course. And then I thought, oh, I should have waited for like a Pokemon related question because Nato knows his shit. He does know he's his a, shit. And you know he's what? He's a very, he, very knowledgeable he got man. There. He got there in the end. You guys got there together on the Commodore yeah, Amiga it. computer through no hope from no no help from myself. So nah, nah, look, if there's anything I've learned from Pokemon, it's that the power of friendship will prevail. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Got to got to hug them all, but just yeah. not during COVID <laughs> because of social distancing. You know, got to got to what is it? it? Elbow touch or whatever yeah, they call yeah, it. Yeah, that's it. The Muay Thai elbow touch. All right, you got three questions left, mate. Let's get them on. Yeah, let's go. What is the name of the Pokemon League? Indigo, oh, it's it's the Indigo Plateau. Boom. What was the first ever Pokemon designed? Think back Rhyhorn. to the earliest designs for capsule monsters. Rhyhorn? Yes, you son of a gun. And I even was going to put a, a note in there about Arceus being the oldest Pokemon within the game universe, but you stole my thunder earlier with your Sorry. genius. So I respect that. You know and, why? Um, you, I stole your thunder because thunder has like... 85, 90% accuracy, you got to use Thunderbolt. It's Touché. weaker, but it hits all the time. Touche. Touche. And the last question, my good sir. What is Pokemon Red and Blue's aggregate score on game rankings? So uh, they don't really oh, have shit. a uh, Metacritic score for this game that I could rummage up. So game rankings was sort of the Metacritic for gaming before Back Metacritic then. was a thing. So Yeah. Oh, and uh, I'll give you a little, um, little teaser. It's above 85 percent 
and lower the 94%. More than 85, lower than 94. Yeah. I'll go... I'll go... You know what? Let's go 90 because I learned today that Mew was um, copyrighted in 1990. So we'll go with that. I love that optimism, but I'm sorry, you are incorrect. It's actually 88. So, uh... My fucking birth year! Oh! Yeah, you, you should have no! stuck... You should have stuck with the day you, you crept out of that womb, good sir. No, because knowledge, learning is more important, you know? That is very true. Yeah. That is very true, but, mate, that brings us to the end of the Hungry Game show. Uh, I'm just quickly crunching some numbers here in the big special supercomputer in the Hungry HQ... Uh, here and I've come up with a final score. Oh, I'm not. I'm not confident. I'm confident in the journey, but I'm not confident in uh, the final result. It was a hell of a journey. I got to ask, where, where do you feel you ended up? Where do you feel you ended up? So Dream is in last place on 21. Jono's in first place on 32.5. Where are you feeling yet? Okay, so I definitely didn't beat Jono because some of the questions he answered were like absurd. Like, he set the bar so high. It was ridiculous. Um, and ooh, honestly, uh, I don't I don't know if I, I got 30, which is, I think, the score that Ali and... Um, and Cruzy got, have. yeah. So yeah. You, are, you are correct that you didn't beat Jono. Subpar Lover was just above them. It was like 0. 0.1, 0. 0.5 or something. Correct, yeah. So, so Sabi got 30.5, Miss Ali Hart and the Cruise Meister got 30. Dream yep. got 21, and you are sliding in 25? cheeky 27 points. I think that's <sighs> pretty good. You know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm happy with that because I tell you what, some of the questions that you got were just amazing. Like, you definitely did some research, and I learned. I, I come out of this and I've learned a few things, you know? And that's what we're here for, you know? I'm, I came out of this learning things too, not only from the research I put in, but from the work you put in. So everybody wins. That's it. That's it. It's a victory all around. 100%. 100%. But mate, thank you for uh, taking the time out of your busy schedule amidst all this COVID chaos and fatherhood and soon-to-be husbandry and working and all that stuff to uh, riff here on the Hungry Game Show. It's been an awful lot of fun. 27 points. That's that's a good good effort, I feel. Because, yeah, there was some questions that were on the harder end of the spectrum and, and you performed fantastically. I'm, I'm proud to have you on here. I'm proud to say that uh, yeah, 27 is a hell of a score. That's, that's like a 35 in a normal game. I mean, considering I did uh, zero research... Actually, no, I lie. I lie. There is only one thing I looked up, and it was the release date in Australia, which was October 23rd, Touché. 1998. Touche. And I didn't use yeah. it, so I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no. I was I was like, you know what? He's probably going to ask me this, because I know that if I didn't look it up, you'd ask me. That's <laughs> so, always the way. It is always that, the way. Yeah. But I mean, you know what? My childhood knowledge got me this far, so I'm, I think I did pretty good. I think you did phenomenally well. But um, yeah, anything, anything you want to plug... And highlight before we uh, start shipping out of here for another another fortnight, my man. Where can we find um, you? What's coming up? Tell us the things. Um, well, currently we're just kind of just doing the podcast and focusing on that and tightening up all the all the nuances of that and making it like a well-oiled machine. Uh, but you can follow a couple of NPCs and all things social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. You can find the podcast on all um, podcast platforms. 
Um, you can rate and review. We will love you a long time. And uh, yeah, it's just it's just me and Alex having a laugh, talking shit. It's either <laughs> the podcast always goes one of two ways. It's either there's a lot of news and we talk shit about the news, or there's like barely anything to talk about and we just ramble about nothing. And either way, it's just it's it's hilarious. Like I always have such such a blast. And I tell you what, I I got the same vibes from this podcast. Like I had such such a fun time just kind of going down the the rabbit hole of my Pokemon childhood experiences. And that's what we're all about, you know. It's it's just having fun, having a laugh, enjoying yourself, talking some video games, and yeah, you you guys are two of my favorite people in this in this gaming space, and just just two bloody lenders. So for anyone that hasn't checked them out, yeah, add a couple of NPCs on the socials. You guys have got your podcast syndicating everywhere, but yeah, chuck those ratings, reviews, subscriptions at them on Apple Podcasts or iTunes because it helps keep us tracking, helps keep us relevant. And uh, you do what you can. And uh, mate, you got episode two hundred coming up soon. That is freaking insane! Oh wow, yeah, you just did your episode two hundred. Yeah, that was a that was a whirlwind. Thank you for uh, sending some beautiful words in too. It got us got us a little bit emotional listening to that when we were recording. It was very <sighs> touching. So you guys, too kind, too kind. The worst part is after we recorded it, I was like, oh, Alex, what about this moment? What about this moment? Like we could honestly, like when we were sitting down recording, we had to. I could have, t- we could have spoke about stuff for like eight, like perfect example. The one that came to my mind after we kind of sent you the recording was, um, when we, when we went out, I think it was one of the first times that we met you. We, we, um, we met at spawn point and then we eventually kind of migrated to this like rooftop cafe and there was like arm wrestling going on. And I remember that all too well. Yeah. I got photos yeah. of that on my Instagram still. It was like, yeah. We were there, Pez and Matty Mouse was there. Yep. I think Andrew Natoli was there too, the beautiful soul, dream. It was was a hell of a time. Yeah, like, there's just, there's so many, the problem is there's so many good moments, you know, mm-hmm. and it's it just sucks that because of COVID and everything that we're not going to be able to have some more of those moments because because all of us are in like different states and stuff. PAX was like the the time to kind of get together and I couldn't go last year because obviously my my daughter was um she was almost due and I couldn't be in Melbourne in case um you know my partner decided labor was you know the thing to do yeah you can't <laughs> argue with that yeah but I, I I always have such a good time hanging out with like all the all the podcast peeps and yeah it's it's always just uh, yeah I can't speak highly of it enough We'll uh we'll, we'll be together again in the flesh eventually once once this world you know gets a little less insane and people actually use their common sense and we'll be back having a few beers and a few laughs but yeah until then we'll just do things remotely like this and and have a good old time yeah. but yeah listeners thanks for stopping on by as uh, as Andrew mentioned be sure to rate review subscribe not only the Hungry Game Show the Hungry Gamers a couple of NPCs but everyone else in the hashtag Eight Bit Collective and all those other podcasts you listen to on the regular it takes no time minimal effort but it means so much to us so yeah take take a few seconds out of your day and chuck us some feedback get us get us tracking get us trending get us in them charts so uh play your part that's all we ask but uh yeah until next fortnight hungry game show listeners fans in the audience it's been our pleasure to play with you may your answers be true